I'm Chris Lindstrom, and this is the Food About Town podcast. In episode 73 of the Food About Town podcast, we've got another edition of my previews and reviews, and that's also surrounding discussion about the Savor event coming up tomorrow, and that's held at the Xerox Rochester International Jazz Fest site. And this is in conjunction with Rochester Regional Health Foundations, I interviewed Kalista Amering, the executive director. We talked about the event, some of the amazing restaurants and wineries and breweries coming in, as well as talking about their special guest, Dominique Kren, out of uh, San Francisco, one of the uh, world's best chefs. So stay tuned for that interview interspersed with my discussion about the, uh, the Genesee Country Village and Museum Hosmer Dinner, talking about Larkin Square food trucks in Buffalo, and also talking a little bit about the Headwater Food Hub, uh, one of our local food distributors. So thanks for listening to the Food About Town podcast. If you enjoyed this or want to tell other people about the podcast, share it out. It's Food About Town on Facebook, at Stromy on Twitter and Instagram. And stay tuned in the upcoming weeks. I've got Will Cleveland talking about the Rochester Real Beer Week that's coming up this Friday. I've got discussion with two Level 2 sommeliers from Farmer's Creekside Tavern and Inn in Leroy. We've got discussion about uh, healthy eating from John Hutchings, Healthy Edge radio host, and the return of the Black Button podcast. So a lot coming on the Food About Town podcast. Let people know, and thanks for listening. All right, we're going to kick things off here talking about a fantastic event I got invited to that I'm really excited to talk about. Uh, this was a special dinner at the Genesee Country Village and Museum, and that's uh, out on the west side. And I went to a Hosmer dinner there. It's at the Hosmer Inn on the campus. And if you haven't been, this is like a historic village-style experience. You know, you've got some oldie-time talk. Um, and, you know, this this was actually a great balance between the historical acting and modern discourse. Uh, once we got out of the inn, we had some modern talk about the different buildings on campus. Uh, we walked around, checked out these beautiful buildings, and got some history about them. But I think what stood out most in my mind, other than the company we had that night, we sat with some really cool people, was this was a really good dinner. Um, so we we started off with started off with a bunch of pickled items, which were very well executed. Maybe a little sweet for my taste, but generally really nice. The uh, pickled beets were definitely the standout. Um, but the rolls they served us, three different flavors, but they served it with a ground cherry jam. And man, if you haven't had gooseberries before, when they're cooked in a jam, it's really fantastic. It's like the best combination of like a regular fruit jelly and a cranberry sauce. So you've got some tart, you got some fruit, and it went perfect with the uh, cultured butter they had. And man, these were, it was a pretty fantastic combination. Uh, they had a hearty leek porridge, which 
I have to say, you know, you can get all these fancy presentations of leaks, but picture this more is a hearty stew where you got big leak texture, you got big caramelized leak flavor, and this was the kind of thing that would stick to your bones, and it was a little cool that night, so it was absolutely perfect. Um, main dish, we had basically kebabs, but they called them robber steaks, sort of cooked on a stick with vegetables, uh, fried parsnips, and a bean and corn succotash that I think might have been the best thing of the night. It's really something. Um, plum pudding for dessert, chocolate drink, and a Montiato uh, sherry. And I got to say, you know, not everything was perfect, of course. I mean, very few tasting dinners ever really perfect. But they did a great job executing. It was a fantastic time. So I definitely want to tell you to check out the Genesee Country Village Museum. Check them out on their website. Um, see if you can go to one of these Hosmer dinners. I highly recommend it. Uh, we got a little special event that night. Um, uh, a dancing team was there, and we got a dancing dancing exposition and a little bit of a lesson. Uh, this is kind of the uh, Jane Eyre age, um, Jane Eyre age dancing, and we got taught how to do a few of the moves. And I got to say, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm not usually a huge fan of the oldie time acting, the oldie time thing, but they really hit a great balance here. And if you might really step away, and it's a beautiful area. Um, on the west side, it's a little bit in the country. They have this whole area separated. So you can kind of suspend disbelief for a second, relax, you know, turn your phone off for a little bit, and enjoy a great experience. So um, I'd highly recommend checking it out. And... Coming up next, we're going to talk a little bit about the Larkin Square food trucks. So Larkin Square is in Larkinville in Buffalo, and they've been doing food truck events every Tuesday for a little while now, uh, a few years. And it's kind of analogous to those in Rochester for our food truck rodeos, except they do it every week. And the nice thing about their space is that they've got some green space. They have more tables around. Uh, the trucks are laid out on a square, uh, not in a square pattern, but in a different area. So they're on, they're on nice, uh, what do you want to call it? Nice bricks. And it's laid out very nicely for the food trucks. Uh, they have built-in facilities for, for beer and wine. And actually on the same night, this was kind of cool, uh, Flying Bison right down the street about a block and a half down was doing their own food truck event. So we got food trucks at Larkin Square over at Flying Bison. We got a huge selection of trucks. And it was really nice for myself and Chris Clemens from the Exploring Upstate blog. Um, we went out last Tuesday and really got to check out some of these trucks for the first time. Um, I think one of our favorites definitely was the Frank Gourmet Hot Dogs truck. Uh, they have their own homemade hot dog blend which I thought was really full-flavored, nice crunch on it, uh, you know, nice snap from the casing. Um, kind of analogous to me, like a better version of a Salem's Dog, more rich in flavor, more complex, which was really nice. And we got their modern Chicago dog, which was a really nice imaginative take on the Chicago-style hot dog. So it had a tomato jam. It had a... Um, Spicy, spicy pickled vegetables, which was nice. That's the Giardinera. So it was their take on the sport peppers, 
which is traditionally on a Chicago dog. Um, then they also had, you know, mustard. It was, it was a great combination. It had enough spice, had enough sweetness, and uh, full pickle as well. It was a great hot dog, and I would definitely go back there. Um, we got to try uh, Lloyd from the truck number four. We had a couple tacos from there. We had an OG Woodfire, OG Woodfire margarita pizza. So this is straight Neapolitan-style pizza, and if you're listening to this, you know I'm a big Neapolitan pizza fan. Um, this is already among the best pizzas in western New York. That's including Rochester off of, off of a food truck. And the owner, uh, Jay Lagenfelder, is opening his own place in Kenmore coming up later this year, which I'm very excited about. So um, I believe it's called Jay's Artisan Pizza, and it's going to be awesome pizza. I'm really excited about that place. So check them out on, the, on their food truck. We also tried uh, Ruse we Pierogi. <laughs> we had a beef on Weck Pierogi, which was very imaginative. So it had a beef inside, a little bit of a uh, horseradish cream sauce, some fennel seeds, and a pickle. It really captured that sandwich in one bite. Um, and that was a really interesting take on it. They had a lot of interesting uh, offerings that day. We had a uh, empanada-like thing, a uh, pastillo from uh, Niagara Cafe which was executed very well. Um, and I got a nice espresso from Public Espresso. They have a little Airstream trailer in there, Airstream-looking trailer anyways. So um, I got to say, if you're in Rochester and you haven't been out there yet, take the short drive. It's only an hour away from Rochester, hour and change. Um, drive out on a Tuesday, get there at 5, take off from work a little bit early, and enjoy a really good experience. So... Um, definitely keep an eye out for that. Uh, they've got their service on social media, so you'll see more information uh, every week as things move forward. So uh, Larkin Square Food Trucks every Tuesday out in Buffalo and Larkinville. And also Hydraulic Hearth is right across the street. Really cool place. Uh, they've got nice outdoor games. Uh, they've got shuffleboard. They've got nice bar outside, great patio area. So check them out as well. And coming up next... I've got my interview talking about the Saver event coming up tomorrow here in Rochester. All right, so I would call this a prototypical spring day here in Rochester. We've got rain. We've got, it's turning to actually a beautiful little evening here. Uh, nice and Nice and misty out. Pretty fantastic. And we're getting ready for one of Rochester's premier food events for the third year running? It's actually the second year. Second year. Wow. It is two years, and it's it's already making a splash. I've heard a lot about it, and you know, I'm actually excited. This is going to be my first time going. But why don't we introduce my guest first? Go ahead and introduce sure. yourself. I'm Callista Ammering, and I work for the foundation at Rochester Regional Health, and we are the hosts of... Uh, the second annual Saver event in downtown Register on June the 20th. June the 20th. So it's coming up this upcoming Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And 
the exciting part is it's right in the heart of the jazz festival. It is. And I can't believe it's jazz festival time already. I, I mean, know. It, the spring has gone so fast, and now we're diving into, I'd say, the biggest or second biggest event in the Rochester calendar. Mm-hmm. It sure is. Very exciting, and there's a lot going on around there, including this event. So why don't you give a couple details about it to start, and then we'll dive into more in a little bit. Sure. Well, first let me say that we are partnering with the Xerox Rochester International Jazz Festival. And when we originally had the concept of bringing this event to Rochester, we knew that they already had the infrastructure um, to do an outdoor event in the tents that are already there. So Savor really became a reality after talking to the folks at Jazz Fest and um, you know, really came up with the idea of let's really focus on some of the local fare that we have <coughs> and let them tell their story by sharing it with an audience that might not normally go to a food, wine, or craft beer event. Absolutely. And I do have to say, I mean, the list is impressive at the very least. I mean, we've got we've got wineries, we've got craft breweries, we've got lots of dessert things. Very a lot of dessert <laughs> things. <laughs> and a huge swath of restaurants as well. I mean, this is this is not a this is not a light offering a light offering evening. You're gonna get your money's worth. So there's fifty six vendors under one roof. And, you know, and it took us almost a year to pull this list together. And, you know, the great part about this event, it's not only bringing all of these um, local gems under one roof, but it also is supporting a great cause. And that is um, Rochester Regional Health just announced recently that they're building, in addition to Rochester General Hospital, that is really going to make a huge impact on this community. So the funds from this particular event will benefit um, women's health and pediatric services within this new facility that's being built on the RGH campus. And that's very exciting. Is that one of the main focuses of the expansion? It sure is. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's great to focus on, focus on different communities, not just general, and it's nice to get that focus for the, you know, there's always difficulties to be tackled, mm-hmm. and that's... It's great to see it not only in, you know, you see it in other hospitals, but it's great to see it in Rochester General as well. And that's fantastic. Right. And our health system really is comprised of five different hospitals. And we're all community hospitals. So it's Unity Hospital, Rochester General Hospital, Newark Wayne Community Hospital, Clifton Springs uh, Hospital and Clinic, as well as UMMC in uh, Batavia. Really? I didn't know it was that expansive. It is. It is. 16,000 employees. Really? Make up Rochester Regional Health, the second largest employer in, in uh, Greater Rochester. Wow. I mean, it really didn't, you know, it's, it's amazing. I, and I don't want to go too far off the, the food bounds, but mm-hmm. I mean, we've transitioned so much in the last, you know, 15, 20 years from Kodak, Xerox, Bausch & Lomb, and now it's University of Rochester Strong and Rochester Regional Health is mm-hmm. two of the main employers of the county along with Wegmans. I mean, that's, that's a huge shift. Um, but at the same time, we also are kind of blessed in Rochester with having the Rochester area for having some of the best medical care in the country right. with the hospitals we have here. We sure do. So that's really why we're doing SAVER is, you know, coming up with a concept of really celebrating our community, what's in our community, because we're all about uh, community health care. Cool. So this expansion is planned just out of vague interest. When when is the uh, is there a completion date on on the radar? <laughs> so there is a completion date, and um, this expansion 
uh, will be done in uh, 2021, I believe. Gotcha. Very cool. Well, let's dive into the event a little bit. So one of the, obviously the, there's a headliner last year you brought in, you brought in somebody special as well, right? We did. So for our first Saver event, we brought in Alex Gornichelli, which many people might be familiar with her from the TV show Chopped. And it was just kind of a last minute thing that we decided to do is to bring her in. And it really made all the difference with our event. And we've kind of thought, you know, I think we're onto something. And she did a live cooking demonstration and people were just really taken by her. She's a very she's a very fascinating person to watch on television. And I've heard her on longer interviews where, you know, she gets to be more of herself. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a fascinating backstory. Um, and one of those people that, you know, I'm that's fast. It's a great choice mm-hmm. because she's very engaging. It's not just a television personality. Right. She seems like a very engaging person in general. She absolutely comes alive when she's cooking. Yeah. And if you had if you had the opportunity to see her actually do her live cooking demonstration last year, you could tell this is what she was born to do was to be a chef. And she brought with her a lot of her staff from her restaurant <laughs> Butter and they said, you know, this is just she's in her element when she's in front of an audience and she can show them what she loves. She's also very focused. I mean, she has one restaurant. She doesn't have a huge group, even though she's a well-known, you know, television food personality. Right. She has one restaurant. And that kind of focus is, it's kind of enviable. I, I appreciate that, that it's mm-hmm. when you could open so many places that you're focusing on one. Right. And it's kind of a... Kind of a nice change of pace from a lot of the expansion that happens nowadays sometimes. Yeah. So when we when we thought about this year and really thinking if we wanted to bring a chef in, we wanted to go in a completely different direction. And somebody that um, not only was a um, is a wonderful chef, but also you know, really is involved in their community and um, has a much greater appreciation for um, I don't want to say fine ingredients because Alex had that same appreciation, but just this is on a much different level. Whereas Alex cooked for, um, you know, to satisfy, I, I want to say comfort food. Yeah, it's it's upscale comfort food done in the modern style, I would right. say. And then our featured chef this year, Dominique Crenn, is an artist. She's a Absolutely. poet and she's an artist. And that is reflected in the food that she prepares. Absolutely. So for anybody who's not familiar, um, Dominique is out of San Francisco, and she has two of the highest regarded restaurants in San Francisco. Uh, her flagship restaurant, uh, Atelier Cren, which is her um, fine dining, tasting menu restaurant, and then a more casual, it's hard to call any of, any of it really mm-hmm. casual, but it's more casual, more approachable, uh, the Petit Crenne, you can sort of get in. Mm-hmm. The other one is, you know, long long waits and reservations and everything else. Um, but multiple Michelin stars and regarded as one of the best chefs in the world. Um, and amazing to see her show up in Rochester for this event. It's fantastic. I know. And we were just, I don't know if it was pure luck that we got her, but she, in December, she was named the number one female chef in the world, which is you know, incredible. And fortunately we booked her before oh. <laughs> she received this award. No, you, so you got, you got very we, lucky. I think so. I think so. And then she, um, her, she is the first female chef also 
to receive uh, two Michelin stars. And that's, that just speaks volumes to her commitment to the type of food that she prepares. Absolutely. And it's a very specific thing when you're getting multiple Michelin stars. It's you're rounding, especially that kind of restaurant, rounding service. Mm-hmm. You're rounding um, quality of ingredients. It's that, you're right, that pure dedication to an amazing experience. And it's hard to call those tasting menus anything just than amazing experiences. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're also getting awesome food at the same time. You know, and if you've ever seen the cookbook that she has out, her, her, even in her restaurant, her menus and her cookbooks are not written like traditional menus or cookbooks. Hmm. It's a poem. And, you know, she's describing to you how this food makes her feel. And she's just a fascinating person. I don't know if um, you or any of your listeners have ever watched Chef's Table. And if you haven't, you need to you need to watch the series. But uh, Dominique Crenn is actually in the second season. And her story is amazing. See, I'm on the first season right now, so I haven't gotten I'm to the second one I'm not even going yet. to spoil it for you oh. because I'm telling you she's... Um, I've watched it three times and all three times I've read it, I've just, it touches your soul and mm. um, I always get teary eyed when I, when I watch it. Yeah. And it, it's, it's great to have the story on this, the story in addition to the talent, mm-hmm. in addition to the drive, because it takes both, it takes almost all of those to become a truly great chef in the context of these kind of, this kind of presentation. Right. So one, we're very, we're very lucky and I'm fascinated to see uh, see the cooking demonstration she does coming up on Tuesday. Um, and congratulations for getting that done. That's awesome. Thank you. Very cool. Um, so, so we've got somebody coming from the West Coast, but this is also a lot of local, lots of local um, participation. And really almost all the, are all the vendors local, it looked like, or just about? Uh, all of the vendors are local. Yeah. Um, we... They far uh, they stretch as far as the Finger Lakes. Yeah, which I mean, it's it's always kind of it's weird because we are the Rochester Finger Lakes region, mm-hmm. as we're described. It's sometimes hard to remember that it's a local. It's right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're an hour away from Geneva, which houses one of your more memorable guests, uh, because you've got you've got uh, Christopher Bates in the FLX table coming up for part of this event. I am so excited to have Christopher Bates and his team join us for this event. And when we knew we were going to have this event again in June and uh, Christopher started to get some uh, no, uh, some um, publicity here in the Rochester region, and I had heard it from uh, several of our doctors that work in the health system and said, you know, you really need to, to reach out to him. And I called him and told him about the event. He said, I'm, I'm all in. I'm ready to do this event. And we are so excited. I think just as excited as having Dominique we're just as excited to have Christopher Bates. Yeah, I mean, he's really he has gotten this explosion of press in the last year, and I'm not sure it's even reached the peak of what it's going to. Um, so as far as I understand, he's the only master sommelier in our area. He is. Which is a great accomplishment in of itself. And then he's also parlayed that into um, two different restaurants, both of which are you know, it kind of kind of reminds me of a similar a similar bent, except for a little more casual. Mm-hmm. Um, as uh, as you know, the the fine dining restaurant FLX table, twelve seats, fixed menu, and amazing wine selections. 
Um, and then his casual restaurant, FLX Wienery, which is, for me, the one of the best high-low contrasts I've seen in a while. Mm-hmm. And a place that really spoke to me when I went out there because it is the perfect balance of a roadside hamburger hot dog stand with house-made everything, creative toppings, and if you're a wine nerd, you can get wine selection you can't get anywhere else in our area. It reminds me of in Maine, if you were to pull up to a lobster shack that only the locals know about, this is kind of that same concept. And, um, you know, I've had the pleasure of dining at both places. Mm. And it's this is just so great for our region. Absolutely. And it's it, it shows with the dedication people have to it. Um, you know, he won a fan vote competition for best new restaurant in the in the country. And it's great to see the dedication of the local people to a restaurant like that, mm-hmm. that they went out and voted for it. We're not a huge region. Geneva's even, we're not a huge city and Geneva's even smaller. Mm-hmm. And the fact that people really latched onto it and I think they see his dedication. And I mean, he's also showing up in this event in another front as well with his, uh, with his winery. Correct. He's, he's there is with part of that. Yes. In fact, uh, Element Winery will be at this event as well. And um, let me tell you, if you have not tried Element Wines, you need to. And I, I told him uh, one of the things you can do at Savor is some of the vendors will bring product with them. So in addition to being able to sample all these products, you will be able to purchase product too. Oh, and I, be a- I've been begging them to bring some of their Riesling up because Ooh. it's absolutely amazing. It's just fresh, crisp. It's, it's amazing. It's going to be a difficult night for my, uh, for my pocketbook yeah. if they're bringing product <laughs> because I, I'm just, I'm getting, I'm diving deeper and deeper into wine. Um, and I think coming up next week will be my episode with some local sommeliers. And, you know, we talked more about it on that, but this is, this is really a fascinating time. I mean, we, our explosion of interest in the Finger Lakes wine region um, is just staggering. And I don't think we fully appreciate how, how well regarded the region is in the nation compared to how well we regard it here. I don't think so either. And even the craft beverage industry, that's a whole nother, uh, you know, this is, this is taking our region to a whole new level. And, um, you know, I love my wine and I had never been a fan of beer until it changed to more of a a craft beverage. And now I can appreciate um, more of the craft beers and ciders that are out there. Well, yeah. And I think the cider thing has been great, too. Mm -hmm. And it's this uh, stepping stone kind of, although it it can be treated much like wine. You can get Mm -hmm. these dry, funky, interesting ciders and you can get really friendly, sweet ciders as well. But you can start getting the hopped things and then translate it into flavors into beer. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a great stepping stone for people that don't, that, and I'll be generic, you know, it, the, if women want to go from, from wine to cider to beer, mm-hmm. it's a great stepping stone if that's what you started with. I didn't start with that. So for me, now I'm diving more into the wine side of things, and I'm a little behind on my palate. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm learning everything on the fly. And it's it's kind of a challenge. I don't know if you've gotten much into the wine tasting side of things, but it's it's very interesting, very challenging. I love well, I love wine, <laughs> and um, the one thing that I've learned about wines is I know now 
um, it's more defined. I've, I've taken a couple of classes, and I know I know where my palate is, mm. and I'm very much an old world. I love old world wines, and I didn't realize that's what I enjoyed the most. And um, you know, I'm starting to experiment a little bit more with some different kinds of wines, but uh, definitely old world. And when my husband and I went to Italy. Um, I never thought I would like a Chianti until I went to Italy. And so, you know, you, you, you wonder, you start to learn what you like and then you expand your palate from there. Yeah. I think that's a great way to think about it is, and it's same thing with food, same thing with, uh, craft spirits, anything like that is find what you like. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I always try to tell people is, and a great way to expand on what you like is to try stuff at an event like this. Mm -hmm. Um, start with a place you already know. Like if you've had Marty's Meats, Marty's Meats is there. They're a great, they do great sandwiches. They're really impressive. Well, you start with that, and then maybe someone like the Cub Room is doing something a little different. Mm -hmm. Maybe uh, the team from Lento is doing something a little different from that. But it might be the same meat, so you can try it in different contexts, try it in mm -hmm. different directions. Um, and I can tell you, we get to see what they're going to be serving before the event. And I am hoping at some point during the night I get a break so I can go and sample <laughs> because it really, the food they're serving is going to be incredible. Yeah, it's very exciting. I mean, geez, how many vendors is that? That's almost 30, isn't so it? So we have a total of 50, it's, I, I believe it's 56 or 57 vendors. And we really try to have a diverse group of vendors. So we have um, a different types of cuisine. So there's some Italian restaurants. There are, um, we actually have an Indian restaurant, which I'm, it's one of my favorite Indian restaurants, Amaya. And you know what? I haven't been there yet. I've only heard good things. So uh, it's, it's unbelievable. It's probably one of my favorite Indian restaurants in, in town. Yeah. It's a little higher end mm -hmm. and it's uh, sort of aimed at a which is something we just don't see very much here in our area is the um, diverse cultural foods treated mm -hmm. as fine dining, and that's kind of a great thing to see. Yeah, and this is really what a lot of this event is about is um, we really try to find those those niches. Um, so it's not just fine dining. I think, um, you know, we have a couple of caterers that are um, that are working with us on this event. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to an event where a farmhouse table has catered. So um, uh, Mike and his wife are just absolutely amazing. Um, they're incredible, incredible chefs. Um, I had some of their food at the uh, Brighton Market, some of their uh, more to-go options. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to a wedding uh, later this year from one of my one of my business partners. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually very excited to get their full menu. I've seen what he what they quoted for him and it's ooh, I'm <laughs> I'm excited already. When the cabbage is in season, ask him for his kimchi because ooh, it's I, it's delicious. I love Absolutely so delicious. Much. Mm -hmm. Um and you know what I see on the list is pl some places you can't actually get other than at this event and if you're a member of a club. I mean, yes. we've got Oak Hill on the mm -hmm. on the restaurant side and the Genesee Valley Club on the pastry side. Yes. Which, um, coincidentally, I, I did a cake tasting competition over the um, over the winter with the, um, oh, oh, I'm going to forget what it is, but it was an uh, epilepsy benefit dinner. Mm -hmm. And I was one of the cake judges. And one of the one of the cake creators was from the Genesee Valley Club, and it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. I don't like cake. I'm just gonna say I don't like cake generally, 
And this was really something to behold, not only design-wise, but flavor. It was really special. Yeah, The pastry chefs that are in Rochester are amazing. Um, you know, I know we have um, Cheesy Eddie's, which is a favorite of mine. I, can't, I love Cheesy Eddie's. Rochester mainstay. Oh, my goodness. And then, you know... We we do a lot of work with the convention center. Okay. And um, Vicky, their pastry chef at the convention center, is unbelievable. I if you've ever experienced having um, pastries that it's it she's taken it to a completely different level. That's awesome. Um, yes, but we really wanted to add more of a pastry element to the event this year, and eventually we want to grow it so that maybe it even houses it's housed in a whole separate tent. Um, and, and, you know, I think one thing I, I don't, I don't think I've mentioned is we hold this event on a Tuesday on purpose mm. because that's typically an evening where the restaurants aren't busy. So they're more available, um, to want to participate in an event like this. It's a great move. I mean, and it's also for those that do go out and eat, try and go out on a Tuesday if they're open. Don't mm-hmm. go on a Friday or Saturday. You'll get a completely different experience than you will on the prime time. And if they happen to be open on a Monday, go out. You might see some of your favorite chefs around town eating because most restaurants are closed on Mondays. Right. Um, it, it's a it's a, actually a great time to go out. And, you know, on a night like this, which, again, coming up on Tuesday, I'm very excited. It's, it's, it's a very nice offering. Yeah, and you know, um, doing it right before Jazz Fest, there's a lot of energy around that. We have jazz musicians that are playing in the tent, so getting people excited about the launch of Jazz Fest. And, um, you know, I don't even think I mentioned, too, that Constellation Brands is a huge partner in this event with okay. us. So um, they will have a lot of their product there. I know that we're they'll be bringing Ballast Point with them. Yep, I see that on um, the list. 240 Days, which is a winery on uh, Canandaigua Lake. And uh, so they'll they'll have quite a bit of their product there, and they have been incredibly generous in their support of this event. Yeah, and uh, so just I'm going to go down the list briefly, but some of the other uh, notable places I see Ravines on the list, and also Ravines has a kitchen, and um, there's their oh, chef yes. Neil is actually an accomplished, very accomplished chef, and Ravenous Kitchen is also joining us. So beautiful, it's very exciting. Another restaurant out of the Finger Lakes. That's awesome because I saw the I saw their their uh, area where they're serving the food out of at the winery, and it's really special. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful open wood space, and I think on these you know you know beautiful summer evenings, you're, it's going to be hard to beat when they do their special event dinners down there. I think so too. It's going to be very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I see Glenora's on there. I see Fox Run. And, you know, on the restaurant side of things, I mean, it's this is kind of a who's who in a lot of ways. I see a vino on there, one of my favorite places. Um, I, I just love that they do a lot of diverse food as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and a place that, you know, maybe doesn't get as much press since they opened, but it's, I think, still an underrated fine dining restaurant here in Rochester. Right. Fantastic spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see the Revelry. I mean, I'm sure they're going to be bringing some fantastic stuff as well. They just had their four-year anniversary. I know. Which I still can't believe it's, a, it's been four years already. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, this is, this is a very nice, very nice uh, offering. And I'm, like I said, I'm excited to be there. Um, let's talk a little bit more about what, uh, what you guys do at the, uh, foundation side of things at Rochester Regional Health. Sure. So the foundation 
uh, obviously is the charitable arm for Rochester Regional Health. And uh, we had recently announced that we are embarking on a pretty significant um, fundraising effort, uh, the Because Care Matters comprehensive campaign. And to really, you know, it's focused not only on expansion and enhancements uh, across the health system at all five of our hospitals, but we also have a lot of different programs that we're expanding on. And uh, this is, it's a pretty ambitious campaign, but our mission really is to bring healthcare um, quality and affordable healthcare to our community. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you're out and about talking to people about healthcare all the time. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the, now's the kind of time to be focusing on this. Right. There was a lot of challenges coming up. Not that I want to get overtly political here, of course, but um, it seems like there's a lot of challenges coming up in the world of healthcare, and um, to get investment into it right now is kind of a kind of a critical thing, so everybody can be covered appropriately. You're right, and the thing is, every people are always going to get sick. Yeah, and they're going to need to be treated some way or another, whether it's an inpatient or an outpatient experience. That they're going to experience something along those lines during their lifetime. And Rochester Regional Health is being proactive and planning for the future because if we don't, then there will be a lot of people that will be in trouble. And I, you'll see not only with the expansion of Rochester General Hospital, um, the health system purchased the abandoned building, uh, abandoned building on the corner of East Ridge and Goodman Street. It used to be Tops. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. And uh, there's now a Starbucks and Chipotle there near yep. Marshalls. And the um, Rochester Regional Health purchased it, and it is the Reedman Health Center. So some of the facilities that are in located in Rochester General Hospital will be moved to a uh, this facility that will be updated, modernized, and it's much easier for folks to access. They won't have to get their health care within the hospital, but it's in this outpatient facility. That's a great idea, and the more accessible it is, more people are going to actually use the mm-hmm. facility when it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I mean, we have so much, so much space to be used here in Rochester. Um, that's why it's kind of an exciting time to be here. It is. Is we're seeing all this expansion, we're seeing um, people develop Rochester, and we have the thing, we have the space to do it. We not only have the space, but. People really, they're passionate about their care. Yeah. And, you know, we're just a vehicle for that. And if we can make somebody's life easier and and make their experience a better one, then that's successful in our mind. Absolutely. How, How did you get into this whole field? Of healthcare? Yeah. It's funny. I started in the corporate world and worked in telecommunications and... After, um, I think it was seven, eight years in telecommunications, I just felt like I needed, you know, my life needed a higher purpose or a greater purpose. And, you know, focusing more on not-for-profits. And my background is journalism and communications and public relations. But I found that I really loved the fundraising piece of it. And so in my role now as the executive director for donor engagement for the health system, I'm overseeing all the events for the health, uh, for the foundation, um, you know, stewarding our donors and just making sure that our donors really feel great about their philanthropic support of our health system. Yeah. Cause in the end, that's what this really is. Mm-hmm. It is a, this is a charity event. This is, and 
I mean, you're getting a lot out of it. Everybody's mm-hmm. getting a lot out of it, but um, I think everybody needs to remember about, you know, the restaurants are donating their time as well. Uh, and their time's valuable just like everybody else's. So I can't tell you how grateful we are that, you know, last year when we did this event for the first time, we had a lot of restaurants that took a chance on us and said, you know, we're going to give you a try. And we have uh, many of the participating restaurants this year are repeats because we really tried to make it a, not only a good experience for our guests, but for them as well. It's the best vote of confidence for your event when you have repeat people coming in, especially when it's a charity event. Because mm-hmm. it, it, takes, it, takes it takes a special handling of everything mm-hmm. to make them want to come back because they are donating their time and effort. I will tell you, um, and we haven't really announced this publicly, but I will mm. certainly share it with your guests, that Dominique is doing a special tasting with each of the restaurants. So they will prepare a special dish for her. She will be coming to the event early and meeting with every single one of the restaurant or food vendors and talking with them and tasting their specialty dish. And she will actually take notes, decide who her top pick is, and they will win an award later on. And that she's going to announce her top pick. (laughs) And she's going to do it right after her cooking demonstration. So. I have to tell you, a lot of the food vendors are, I think, more excited about that <laughs> than they are the actual event, event themselves. But we're giving them one-on-one time to actually interact with Dominique and so they can tell her their story. That's very exciting. And it's always great to get feedback. And I think um, when I look at that list of vendors, uh, it is a list of people who want feedback, who want that mm-hmm. information from somebody who knows what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And... It's a lot of value for them too. It's just, it's just a cool thing to do, mm-hmm. and to have that kind of access. I think you want to make it special for the restaurants, special for the wineries, at the same time. Because mm-hmm. if it's not special for them, it's not special for everybody else at the right. same time. So, one very cool, and I'm very excited about the event coming up. So, let's do our little roundup and then put out a little publicity for the foundation in general. We. Be very grateful for that. Okay. We're just very excited, and um, you know, we we appreciate people that are taking a chance that had taken a chance on this event. And for uh, our first year, this event sold out. And um, I, I will tell you that as of this morning, um, the event did sell out. Oh well, look at that. That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. It did, and we didn't expect it to happen this quickly, and um, we actually had to change it to sold out this morning. Well, that's that's a great thing. I'm glad everybody. I'm glad everybody got in on this. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna say, anyways, the event is on Tuesday. This is the Saver. Oh, hold on. This is the Rochester Regional Health Tent at the Xerox Rochester International Jazz Festival. I had to say that last year when I interviewed Amanda Antonor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's a bit of a mouthful. It is. Um, but it's a very exciting event. And since if you don't have tickets already, um, make sure to check it out next year because I'm sure there'll be a third version. There will absolutely be a third version. And it's typically going to be right around the same time of year. Um, and we might look to expand it and have even more, uh, make it a bigger tent and add even more vendors. So we have 10 more vendors than last year. We have um, about 400 more people than we had last year. And we're ready. We're ready for this experience. We're ready for the event. And, um, you know, for those that weren't able to get tickets this year, put it on your radar for next year. Awesome. And uh, how can people generally participate in the Rochester Regional Health's 
uh, charitable side of things? Sure. How can they find out more information? So uh, if they want to get on the mailing list for a future SAVER event, they can email us at events at rochesterregional.org. If they want to learn more about the foundation, the website is give.rochesterregional.org. Very nice. I memorized that. See, I appreciate that. <laughs> so um, if you're not going, too bad for you. Um, for those who are going, I will see you there. And otherwise, check out the foundations, um, foundations, other events. I'm sure there's plenty to go to throughout the year. Yes. So, Juan, thanks for coming over. And I will see you on Tuesday at the Saver event. I look forward to it. Thank you so much. Thanks. Il est l'heure, fini l'heure de danser. Danse, t'inquiète pas, tu vas danser. Balance, toi, mais tu vas te faire balancer. Défonce, toi, mais tu vas te faire défoncer. Well, thanks to Calista for coming over and talking about the Saver event coming up tomorrow here in Rochester at the Xerox Rochester International Jazz Fest site. Um, I'd like to finish off this week talking about Headwater Food Hub for a minute. Now, some of you may not have heard of Headwater Food Hub before. You may have heard them as one of their other entities, their sister entity, the Good Food Collective. But Headwater Food Hub is kind of an interesting it's an interesting company here in Rochester. They're located in Ontario over on 104. And Headwater is kind of the intermediary between a lot of local food. So Headwater operates as a storage facility, as a uh, distributor for local farms where everything can be brought to Headwater. And then Headwater sells it to restaurants and also packages it in a weekly share system. Um, it's not technically a CSA, so you need to be careful about that. But it, it's a weekly share system where it's put into boxes, you know, different things from different farms all put together. And that's the Good Food Collective. You may have seen them at the, um, the old school market that was over, on, it was over on Alexander Street near Boulder, the Southwedge Market. And so they deliver to a lot of workplaces and a lot of other places in town as well. Um, the cool thing about Headwater is it allows restaurants and people to get food locally without in without being in business with multiple farms all at the same time. Now, I think there's a lot of value in that still. I think there's a lot of value with restaurants working with individual farms, with people going out and visiting individual farms. I think it's a great thing. The nice thing about Headwater is convenience. And they do a lot, they do a lot of the verification for you also. So they know the farms they're dealing with. They're getting quality products in. And their facility is really nice. Got a beautiful uh, beautiful boxing line for the Good Food Collective. I saw a few of the trucks show up while I was there visiting. And they're bringing some great, uh, great pork, bringing in some great vegetables. I saw uh, Phil from Fisher Hill Farms show up while I was there. He was dropping off the first of the garlic scapes of the season, and they looked absolutely fantastic. Um, and we had some of the first strawberries of the season while I was there as well. Also some Miranda blue cheese that was just spectacular. Uh, another couple, another place to check out when you're out in the Finger Lakes. But what really impressed me also was their storage facility. So they have different areas for everything. They've got frozen areas for items that are um, IQF or individually quick, for, quick frozen. Something that's really important for us here in the Western New York area 
uh, to store these goods, these this produce while it's fresh, and be able to use it year round. So using IQF international international <laughs> um, individual quick frozen maintains some of the texture of fresh food, fresh produce, and allows you to thaw it and use it year round. It's a great process. Um, they had herbs in pots. They also had this. They had great facilities, you know, storing for storing cheese, storing uh, the other fresh fruits and vegetables, storing meat. Um, it was very nice to see. I'm looking forward to working with them more, um, not only as Food About Town, but with my other project. Frankly, um, Headwaters a great. You know, they do. They're doing really good work, and they want to put the farms first, which I really appreciate um, because they're they're making our food. And we should all be investing in eating locally, eating from farms that are doing things the right way. And one of the more convenient ways to do that is to uh, eat at restaurants that Headwater Food Hub supplies. And you can check out where Headwater sells on Frankly. That's P-H-R-A-N-K dot L-Y or Frankly dot com. And you can check out where Headwater supplies. Search for Headwater Food Hub. And you'll find all the restaurants that Headwater sells to and also find out the farms that they buy from. So check that out and let me know what you think. So thanks for listening this week and definitely stay tuned in the upcoming weeks for interviews with Will Cleveland talking about the Rochester Real Beer Week, Farmers Creekside Tavern and Inn talking to two sommeliers from there, talking to John Hutchings from the Healthy Edge Radio and also the return of the Black Button Podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on Friday with the Will Cleveland interview.